So I am David Lambert, and this is who I am. My guest today is actor David Lambert. David, thank you for coming down. Welcome to the garage. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Mm. Thank you for driving through LA rain as well. Yeah, you know, it's more um, treacherous, and treacherous than you'd think, yeah. especially because everyone's driving five miles an hour now. And Yeah. But, you know, there's a whole oil buildup thing, I guess, wh- which happens on the streets because it never rains here. Yeah, from, from all the hair. And from the all the hair. And, yes, exactly. And lotions <laughs> and sunscreen. <laughs> Um, I have, uh, I've been working with you now for a couple of years on a show, The Fosters, where you play Brandon Froster. Yes. And, um, that's, uh, it's coming to an end now, but it was five seasons of, of that character. What were you doing before that? Uh, well, I had been, um, working on, on other things, sort of, I guess, jumping from project to project. I hadn't really done anything as you know committed as the fosters before but i guess the job right before fosters was an indie movie that um actually got into sundance which was pretty cool it's called Mm. the lifeguard did you go i did go um and it was my first time um and i believe i'm forgetting it was 2013 it was Mm. it was 2013 sundance and i i'm forgetting i think i had some sort of commitment so unfortunately i only stayed for two days it was like 48 hours of just whirlwind experience like yeah. press and then the premiere and then i think we had more press the next morning mm-hmm. and then i flew out i kind of wish i would have stayed longer yeah but um at least now i know what it what it's like and that was super fun it was with Kristen bell and um we shot for like a month in pittsburgh and mm-hmm. um and you know other very i'd done other various things on tv and some tv movies and that yeah. sort of thing before that you filmed all over the place, haven't you? Because you, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I filmed in um, quite a few states actually, just because of uh, different jobs and whatnot. It's been pretty cool. Mm-hmm. It's one of the reasons why I do it on it. Do acting is because of meeting a bunch of different people and being able to to travel around is like one of the most fun things I think. Mm-hmm. You were born in Baton Rouge. I was Louisiana. I was. I moved a lot actually growing up, even before becoming an actor. My mm-hmm. um. My dad was um, in involved with the international lottery, and he was a project manager for this company um, based in the south. Um, so I was born in Baton Rouge, but we we only lived there for a few years, and then I I moved to Georgia, um, an area called Swanee, um, sort of like this uh, suburb, mm-hmm. and then uh, Austin, Texas, Providence, Rhode Island, and then back to. Georgia, actually. Mm. And what age were you when when you were moving around? Was that that was throughout elementary and middle school? Uh, okay. We would be in we would be in each one of those states maybe three to five years, mm-hmm. and then we'd pick up and move again. So it was kind of a nomadic life growing up, but it was normal. So like I mm. didn't, I wasn't really um, annoyed by it because it was just it was what I knew. And, yeah. And then you know ultimately we ended up in L.A. for for what I do. But mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. And you got into acting quite young, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, before I did it professionally, I was doing theater uh, just for fun, really. Um, right. I was, I guess I was musical, and so I would do a lot of musical theater. And also I found that um, I didn't rely on school as much 
for social aspects as I did community theater and black mm-hmm. box and children's theater and all that sort of thing. So every place we moved, it seemed like I naturally wanted to um, find the theater community within that. Right. So, yeah, I grew up doing that. I did all sorts of musical musicals and um, a few straight plays as well. And, but um, it was just fun for me. I would spend my summers rehearsing and going through dr- tech and dress rehearsals and then mm-hmm. putting on shows for like two weeks and then going off and auditioning for whatever else was next. Mm. Yeah. What what part of it did you like most? What was the thing that, that attracted you at a young age? I think I, I think I actually liked the idea, before I really knew what it was, I think I liked the idea of like a big group of people collaborating and like getting together and spending their, t- spending their whole day, right. you know, running um, big choreographed dance numbers or whatever and then mm-hmm. turning around and, and working on harmonies and the songs and singing and then turning around and working on the scenes, acting and being directed. I, I think I always liked that idea. And then, you know, over time, all those people become your friends. So really, you're just kind of hanging out doing this weird thing together with your friends as opposed to going to school with your friends or yeah. whatever. We all just got together and we did plays. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I, I found it really fun. And I think I liked the shows and I liked putting on the shows. I liked, you know, sort of going through the process of being nervous about it and doing it. And as time goes on, you get more comfortable with it. And um, yeah, I don't know. It was it was um, kind of a no brainer. I, mm. I never I never wanted to really do it. I tried sports and whatnot when I was younger and. I just didn't, I didn't connect with the types of kids that did that right. as much as I did with the types of kids who did theater. Mm-hmm. So, mm. yeah. Did, were you were you like a, a child that went and watched theater as well, or did, was it just that it just kind of came around because that was? Um, I did grow up seeing some theater when I lived in Providence, Rhode Island, in the Northeast. We would go to New York. Mm-hmm. Um, not not incredibly frequently, but we did we did go. We would take quite a few family trips. Um, we would go out there closer to holidays, and while we were there, we would see you know mainstream sort of Broadway plays like Lion King, and mm-hmm. um, and so I guess I had that in me as well. I, I saw a few uh, community theater plays. I saw a lot of shows for programs that I would eventually become a part of, yeah. sort of seeing how they are done. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think I was even I was more just interested in being a part of it. Yeah. Less so just watching it. I did find it interesting, though. I found it all interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I loved movies, you know, on the side. That right. was always a thing, too. So I guess it all connected somehow. Mm. When do you think you, you, you put it together that that was, like, something that people did for a living? That was a In terms of movies and, and yeah. all that sort of thing? Mm-hmm. Well, um, as I got older, I guess once I was, like, maybe already in seventh, eighth grade and then into high school, I started um, DVDs became a thing. And so then with DVDs, you had all of these featurettes and yeah. audio commentaries and all these behind-the-scenes things that I had never seen and VHSs didn't really offer. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, and there wasn't YouTube yet, so it's not like you could go on and, and look this stuff up, really. So uh, that stuff blew my mind, just, you know, especially if I liked the movie or whatever it may be. I really want, I kind of obsessed over things, so yeah. I really wanted to know everything about it. Um, and I remember specifically a few movies I did that with, like uh, Lord of the Rings is one that comes to mind first, mm-hmm. and I was just really tripped out by the whole idea of, of 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 traveling to New Zealand and spending like 18 months and 
going through archery training and horseback riding and sword fighting and all these crazy sort of boy things that as a you know when I was younger I was especially uh I just loved the idea of that and um I think that was like the first time I connected it as a true career mm-hmm. as as adults doing it and 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 still basically playing pretend and going through like a summer camp experience with with a movie and so then I got really really interested in in like TV and film right. and I, I remember even I was still doing theater but I remember even my my mindset while doing theater changed because of what I'd seen with all of these behind the scenes stuff yeah so like I I, I think I started taking it more seriously because I liked it and mm-hmm. I, I realized I really liked it right mm. and did you because of theater did you already have a sense of like the the steps that you needed to go through to get to that where you had to audition or you had to learn the part I did yeah roughly you know I mean the theater audition process is different because mm. there's sort of multi there's like a multi-step thing that happens it's not just the acting and the scene work usually you're actually starting off by singing a song mm-hmm. and then um and then you go into a dance audition with like a bunch of kids and, and there's like rows of us and you, we all learn this choreography and we do it in front of whoever's putting the show on. Right. And then I think maybe sometimes we did scene work after that, but it was mm. much more about the music and the physicality mm. than it was the scene work. So yes and no, it was, it was a different process and it wasn't until later that I, um, luckily I found myself in Atlanta and um, I was in high school at this point and there just happened to be a market there for a small market at the time because it was like 2007. Mm-hmm. So nothing had really moved over like all these big studios that are yeah. there now. Mm-hmm. It was a smaller market. It was like Tyler Perry and, and, and small Southeast sort of things. Yeah. Um, so I got like an agent. I ended up going out for like a agent there and all that stuff. And, and like it kind of snowballed, I guess, mm. from there. But... um. I, it was kind of, I just was lucky. I was lucky in terms of where I was positioned because there was a lot of states in that area that there was nothing going on for TV and film. Yeah. You know. And then what, you went to Canada, didn't you, after that? Was that? Yeah, so Canada was, was kind of flash forward um, maybe a couple of years from then. So mm-hmm. like I basically got the agent in, in, um, in Georgia and I, I did that very, very small time in in Atlanta um they eventually linked me to an agency in Los Angeles and at the time I was not mentally thinking that I was going to do I I remember thinking LA was like big leagues right and I I I just (laughs) considered myself a a theater kid Mm -hmm. and I wasn't even I I didn't think I was qualified really Mm. but they kind of convinced me and so then I did the back and forth thing from Atlanta to LA and met with an met with the agent that they had sort of um introduced me to um out here in, in Los Angeles, and, and then uh, luckily that went well. And then I eventually I started going out on auditions for them. I booked a Disney show for mm. Disney XD called Aaron Stone. Mm-hmm. It, was, um, it was one of the first shows for the network, actually, and it was kind of like a single-camera Power Rangers-esque show. Right. Mm-hmm. So that shot in Toronto, and I was there for like two years. And that was like really my first true job right. where I was a series regular and... We did a little, I think we did 31 to 35 episodes total, somewhere Mm -hmm. in that realm. And um, I would be in Toronto for like six months at a time shooting that. With uh, My mom would come up with me and um, my siblings would be there as well. And 
So that was like a really, that was my first experience. Like, and I think that actually changed my life if I look back at it correctly, because nothing was the same after that. Right. And was that in front of an audience? No. So it was like completely single camera, half hour action show. For right. Kids. Okay. So it was, we had two sound stages in Toronto. Mm-hmm. We, and then we would go all over the city shooting action sequences and, and, um, and just different various things. My, I was sort of the comic relief, so I was less involved <laughs> with the action. I was like the snobby little, little brother. Right. Um, and then the main character was like the superhero, and he had like he led a double life sort of thing. Uh-huh. Um, but it was a really, I mean, I was so green going in. So like that was really a crash course in everything from yeah. marks to finding your light to knowing when you're off camera and. Um, when you're on camera and overs and all of these different, you know, all this different terminology that you just don't have in musical theater. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I mean, I feel like every day I was learning something like completely new on that show. And I was 15. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I was mm. like 15 when I did that. Yeah. So well, a long time ago, <laughs> 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 you know, 10, 10 years, which is kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. And then um, from that, you, you did that for two years? Did that for two years. Yeah, it was um, 2008, 2009. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then what happened after that? You went back, back and did some movies. And yeah. Some... So then after that, I was sort of in with Disney mm-hmm. to sort somewhat. I knew um, casting pretty well and, right. and some of the more upper tier people at, at Disney. Do you get a sense when that happens? Do you, do you feel like, oh, okay, I'm in now because you start getting more auditions or you start seeing more of the same people? Or? Yeah, yeah, you, you, you just, they start, you, well, you start realizing they know who you are. Right. And then you end up at weird things like dinners and, mm-hmm. and things where there's just, you know, head of casting is there and head of the network is there and you suddenly realize you're just in with these people and then, I ended up doing a, a Disney Channel original movie for Disney Channel, and that was more or less an offer. Mm-hmm. They just kind of gave me this this like supporting role in it. Yeah, and that was shot in like Salt Lake City, mm-hmm. Utah. So I was there for like a month doing that. That movie was called Den Brother, and it was um it was like this hockey movie mixed with mixed with this like Girl Scout aspect that yeah. had nothing to do with me. I was like this <laughs> I was like the lead hockey player guy. Uh huh. Um, but uh, but that was an example of like. Disney just reaching out because of what I had done for them with yeah. Aaron Stone and, and just asking me if I were, want to do this. And um, and then I did, yeah, I did, I did, that was like a TV movie. And then I did another TV movie for um, Lifetime that was um, all about space camp. Mm-hmm. I shot that in Huntington and Wilmington. Huntington, I mean, sorry, not Huntington, Huntsville mm-hmm. and H- Wilmington, North Carolina. Yeah. So uh, it was another kind of Southeast experience but um yeah and then i did various pilots i did a pilot that didn't get picked up and um and then it was mainly lifeguard and then honestly right after i did lifeguard it wasn't that long until uh i went out for something called the fosters Mm -hmm. and then that was that was that do you remember the audition i do i remember because i didn't want to go on it (laughs) because uh that year or maybe it was the year prior i'm pretty sure it was the same year this movie the kids are all right had just come out Uh uh-huh and um, I, I honestly thought that the Fosters was like, it was too diverse and they were cramming too much in. And I was very scared that it, it was just, it was just too much that it, like people would be overwhelmed by how many topics they were trying to cram into this pilot. Yeah. And the show was called the Fosters and it was all about foster kids. And I just, I was like, this is too heavy handed. Like I thought <laughs> I really did. And I was like, and they just made the kids are all right. And that did really well. Mm-hmm. But I just thought it was too soon or something. 
for there to be like a series right after a movie like that comes out. Mm -hmm. So I was a little apprehensive. And also it was ABC Family at the time. And I, I didn't, I knew the shows on the network, but I hadn't really seen one. I hadn't really seen an episode of any of their shows. So I went back and watched and, and I was like, I don't even see, I don't really see this network doing a show like this either. Yeah. I, I don't know what this will be like, but yeah, I mean, I went on the audition and I remember the, you know, Brandon, the character was musical. He played piano. I played piano in my real life. So I even prepared, I think two songs or something mm. to play for them. Sort of the musical theater kicking back in, yeah. expecting them to <laughs> make me perform, you know? Yeah. Um, choreograph a little dance. Yeah, I had some dance ready. And, <laughs> yeah, I was going to do a two-step. and um, Yeah, no, so, and, and that was, it was just like any other audition, really, going mm-hmm. in. Um, and uh, it just kind of, again, tumbled and snowballed into me coming back again and again and again. And mm-hmm. before I knew it, I was testing for it. Right. Um, and it was actually, I didn't, I, I've always... For some reason, I always had it down that they just booked the season, but they did a pilot, didn't they? And then they, they did. did. And then they went in and started the season. So. Exactly, yeah. It was, um, I guess it was the fall of, um, my goodness, might have been 2012. Mm-hmm. The fall of 2012 was when we did the pilot. Right. And then the following, it wasn't until 2013 that we started actually doing like the show. Mm. Do you remember um, when you found out that it been picked up I don't remember the day or I don't remember the date but um I remember feeling uh pretty tripped out by it and pretty uh, sort of overwhelmed by that I remember them calling me the EPs had called me Peter Page Joanna Johnson and Bradley Bredewig the creators all were on the phone sort of conference call style and Mm -hmm. they were so stoked and (laughs) um I I guess just naturally I I don't I don't, my natural inclination isn't to scream mm-hmm. because I think I'm, I'm sort of digesting the information. Yeah. So I was actually very calm on the phone. I was yeah. like, oh, cool. So it's, <laughs> we're doing this show. This is very cool. Okay. And it wasn't until I think later that day that I was really putting it together in my head as to what that meant. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we did a few things pre-production style where we went to Warner Brothers and we got to see the sets being built and mm. The school was nothing but a bunch of wood frames, really. And they were like, this is going to be the locker rooms, and this is going to be the classroom, and over here is going to be where the interior of the house is going to be, and look at these sound stages, and this is the production office. And and it wasn't, I think, until I was seeing all of that, I was like, this is going to be real, and mm-hmm. this might go for, like, years. Like, this is kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, but I think I was very one step at a time uh-huh. at the beginning because I, I didn't, I hadn't been in that position before, you know, and I had just come off of an indie movie, mm-hmm. which was so um, amazing in its own way, but so different than what we ended up doing with, in terms of style with the Fosters. Yeah. Lifeguard was, you know, run and gun, minimal crew, you know, um, uh, just everything was sort of guerrilla style and, and it was great in its own way. It was super fun, mm-hmm. but um, it wasn't as... Uh, as as intricate and and in depth as the Fosters ended up being with all of their its tiers of kind of departments and everything that was required to make that show. Yeah. So I ended up learning. I ended up being again in a position where I was like, I have no idea <laughs> what I'm doing, but I guess I'll just do my part. Mm. Where you were know. you living at this? At this? Uh, I was living in Burbank, and uh, we had we had kind of jumped around in, I guess, the valley area of Los Angeles. I was living in various places in Burbank, and then 
North Hollywood and then even closer to like Van Nuys area. Mm-hmm. And then I ended up back in Burbank, but it was not at all supposed to be a permanent stay. Um, we were looking at Studio City in different areas. And then once I found out the show was going to be at Warner Brothers, I decided, well, my family and I decided that it would be best if I just stayed like local, which yeah. was probably the best move because then Warner Brothers was basically down the street from me and, and that ended up being a really great thing. My, my whole life was sort of in a five-mile radius, yeah. which, was, <laughs> <laughs> which was kind of great, you know. Um, and, and Warner Brothers was such a cool lot. Mm. It is such a cool lot. Yeah. That I, yeah, I mean, it was, it was great. Do you, uh, do you remember seeing actors, uh, either theater or, or film actors at that age where you were like, that's, what, that's who I want to be, that's who I, I aspire to be like? Or? Yeah, I've always respected the actors that, that were more elusive and more mysterious with their personal lives, especially in this day and age where mm. there's such a fine line between who you are as a person and, and you as an actor yeah. um, can be, in depending on what part you have. But now it's almost like they bleed together and fans want to see so much of who you are, but... I've always been a fan of that old school kind of, you know, I don't really want to know who the actor is. Mm -hmm. You know, I'd rather just see their work, you know, instead of knowing what they get at Trader Joe's, Mm -hmm. you know, (laughs) or whatever it may be. Like, I I would much rather, or even like what their music taste is in real life. Like, I would rather just watch their performances. And that was, and so because of that, I think it reflects the the actors that I, I like, which tend to be, you know, uh, Christian Bale is one that I really enjoy his performances and how serious he is about it. Obviously, Daniel Day-Lewis, I guess you have to put in there. Mm-hmm. But even like Francis McDormand and Kate Blanchett, and I guess Meryl Streep is still that way too. Even though she's such a, she's also such a, such a figure and she's in the limelight a lot as well. But um, uh, yeah, I don't know people that that take it seriously and mm-hmm. and want to just deliver. Yeah, and you can tell who those people are, mm-hmm. and there's always new people coming in, and 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 they have that. Yeah. So, I think the list can go on and on for me. It's just a matter of tone, I think, mm-hmm. and and how someone approaches their work that I respect. Mm. It's just their ethic, I think, is yeah. would be the proper way of saying that. But um, I I think that's what I want to do. Yeah. Is 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 be? I think it's okay to have a little mystery you know, in yeah. your career. Yeah. I don't, I don't feel the need to, um, put myself out there as David all the time. I think it's much more interesting if I put myself out there through my work and, and then maybe if they want to know more, I, I, it's okay. Leave them wanting more. I think mm-hmm. that's, I think that's healthy. Have you felt yourself change your approach because of that? Or is that, you think that was always the idea and then it's just how you've performed that's changed or how you, how yeah. you what you've been working on has changed. Well, you know, the just while doing the Fosters, even um, Hollywood and, and TV and movies have, have changed, mm-hmm. you know. And so uh, the way the fan bases react to you and how they want to receive you has changed. So it, it is kind of constantly like I'm trying to figure out how to evolve that. But um, I do feel like I, um, it was sort of always it was always where I wanted to, to go. Mm-hmm. It was like, I always knew that was this, that was the type of actor I was. Yeah. It's just, I think I've evolved in the sense of 
my understanding of how things work, you know, um, instead of it being a what if now it's a, how do I do that? How, yeah. do, how do I, how do I manage that? How do I make that happen? You know? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I actually, strangely enough, feel like I, I more or less have stayed the same in terms of my aspirations mm. since I started in the business, yeah. which is kind of cool to say, I guess. Yeah. You do music as well. Yes. As you said, you I play do. piano and there's some other instruments that you play, right? Yeah. I, I, da- I, I guess dabble is the word. <laughs> I, I, um, it's, it's mainly piano, but I, I can play guitar and get away with it in some senses. And then um, harmonica is another instrument that I kind of... Mm. I, I mess with and experiment with, which yeah. is a fun one. Yeah, I've never. I, I used to have this great idea of like, oh, I'm going to learn harmonica because that would be cool. That yeah, be, never could do right. that. It's just it's such a complicated. It is. It's it's, but it's also in in an odd way kind of um, elegant and easy, and and you can take it with you and practice it honestly anywhere you want. And I guess I guess what it gets in more in depth because each harmonica is only one octave or one mm-hmm. key, one key really so you if you're true you either get an ar- harmonica that has a slide where you can change mm. the keys which those exist they're bulkier they're bigger and they have sort of this metal slide in the back that you can change the the key on the harmonica or you have a case of harmonicas yeah <laughs> you have like eight <laughs> harmonicas or something like that and uh you you pick them out like a like a doctor or mm-hmm. something with with his tools um uh yeah and you know i grew up in band and stuff. I played trumpet for like two years. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of wish I would have kept up with that better because I really love brass now. Right. But, um, yeah, I'd say I mainly stay in the piano realm that, that, it, that does me right. And mm-hmm. I have one at home and I play almost every day and I write and, um, and you had a band for a little while. Right? I did have a band for a little while. We were all actors. We we're all like good buddies. Mm-hmm. So it was sort of a, um, it was more of an experiment really than mm. anything. We, we didn't have, um, we 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 just wanted to see what would happen with it, you know. And we were we were jamming so much at the time that it kind of just made sense to try it. And um, we were working with someone actually that I had met from the Fosters, who does the music for the show, mm-hmm. Brad Hooks, mm-hmm. who's still a really good friend of mine, and and um, I love him, and I still work with him on music actually. But you know, naturally things happen and things evolve, and people's schedules kind of conflict how they will, and it was. Um, and I had the show going, so I only had so many so many days in yeah. in my bre- on my breaks that I could really get things together. And of course, I'd be free; someone else wouldn't, and on and on it goes. So um, it was just ended up being a, a harder thing to get together than than I think the three of us thought. Mm. But it was a really cool experience, and again, a learning experience. And I'm still doing music. I um I'm I'm still I'm I'm toying with the idea of doing a solo thing, but I'm such a um, I think I'm such a perfectionist, threading the needle kind of guy that I keep writing and rewriting, and my style keeps changing. Mm-hmm. So I'm always telling myself, once I get to a place where I feel like I love the style and I'm pumping out enough music, then I'll probably do some sort of solo thing. Yeah. So that'll probably still happen at some point. But mm-hmm. I think you can't you can't be too hard on yourself in terms of goals like that because you'll just end up disappointing yourself. Yeah. I think so. I always, I always just toy with the idea instead of setting it in stone because that I think I'm just setting myself up for disappointment in that realm. But I, I really do think it'll happen. I play enough, so mm-hmm. we shall see. <laughs> <laughs> and you've done some writing recently. Right? Yeah, 
yeah. that's sort of the newest endeavor. Uh-huh. Um, the newest creative outlet is is writing. I wrote um, one, I guess, feature. I guess that's what it is with a guy um, over last summer, um, and it was sort of like the sci-fi thriller. And it mm-hmm. was like my it was the biggest crash course I had received in writing thus far. And now I'm actually currently I, I downloaded some software and I'm all set to go. And I just started a new. Oddly enough, it's another thriller, but mm-hmm. it's um, much more cerebral and kind of about people and I make it's very metaphorical and um, I'm gonna do it entirely myself this time mm-hmm. I'm really excited by it though so it's it's a cool cool thing and writing in general for me is has I felt for the longest time I couldn't approach it because I was just a young actor and um, well I'd probably yes I'd read a lot of scripts I just didn't fully understand how to structure it out mm. so um, it's only just now that I'm I'm developing the brain for mm. that kind of thing. What do you think's changed? What, when was the moment that you thought, oh, actually, I can do this? Or? I think it was after writing that first script with with my buddy, uh-huh. um, and and he is a producer naturally, so he his his mind is works completely different than mine mm-hmm. um, as an as an actor. He's much used to finding a script, reading it, knowing the beats, making it happen. Right. As opposed to me, who I'm trying to like get into it and understand each scene and how it all works and whatnot. But I realized that with writing, you, you kind of just have to start doing it mm-hmm. instead of trying to, you know, um, put a map on a wall with a red string and you're pinning every, all these beats like a detective or something. And you're mm-hmm. trying to map it all out before you even put a single word down. Yeah. It just never never works yeah. it's too much you mm-hmm. know and and as you write you realize you'll end up answering all sorts of questions for yourself as in terms of what needs to happen and things will change and and the road will just keep bending in different ways and um so that's what i'm doing with this newest script i don't have it all mapped out i'm just writing it mm-hmm. i have a very rough concept and i'm just gonna write and 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 once i hit a wall i'll stop and think and then i'll write and mm-hmm. um so I'm going to just keep doing that and shelving, probably shelving them and keeping them and maybe revising them and then on to the next until mm-hmm. they get sharper and cleaner and, and you know. I, but I do have a lot of ideas, so it's not really a fear of running out of ideas. Right. So that's kind of a cool thing. I can just yeah. keep writing new things. So, uh, yeah, like I said, newest endeavor. We shall see how it goes. <laughs> um, but I'm having fun with it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Do you want to direct or is it more? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think I, I think I'm just a creative brain. So um, I love like the like the gist of it is making something out of nothing. I think right. like I cook on the side too for the same reason, and I think it's um, I think it's just that satisfaction of of like creating, you know. So um, I don't think I'll ever really be in the business side of things. I mean, you know, more or less, I, I may have to at, at some point, but I would love to write direct and keep acting if if need be mm-hmm. um if if it makes sense for me to act in it then i will um but i also love the idea of just directing other amazing actors in my stories mm-hmm. i also like the idea of taking bringing in an awesome director to direct something i wrote and you know anywhere in that circle yeah i'm like happy you know yeah. so yeah if i can get to a place where i'm um i feel proficient enough in all those areas then yeah i mean i I will 100% just make my own things. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's probably what will eventually start happening. So, but it's, you know, slow process and I don't want to rush anything. 
Yeah. So, and I want to know what I'm doing. Um, and, uh, and I just want to make good things, mm-hmm. you know, and truly good things that, that I like and hopefully other people will like. So it's just a matter of learning and letting it all stew and, and, um, branch out how it will. And yeah, but I'm, I'm really excited by it. And I feel like I'm, I'm taking hopefully the proper steps. I, you know, the fosters going back to that was such a learning experience mm-hmm. behind the lens as well. Cause you end up developing relationship with, with people on set that aren't necessarily actors, you know, other departments, camera and on it goes. So you end up picking their brains just naturally, Mm. not even, you don't have to interrogate them or interview them just by, just by what they do next to you, you learn things. Yeah. So, um, that happened to me over the course of five years. And I've often said that Foster's felt like a weird film school, Mm -hmm. you know, in a way (laughs) I was, I was doing a job, but I, um, was learning so much about other things that I can apply, mm-hmm. you know. So um, that was definitely a um, a new chapter in and of itself, you know, um, for me as an actor. Yeah. yeah. It gave me a new brain kind mm. of thing. What was your approach to to, um, to acting, to building a character for that? And it's like the idea of you learning from everything you see, but then the to have done a pilot and mm-hmm. then a year later you're into it. Did you, do you felt like you had formed an idea of the character for the pilot or is it something that you do that you work on this stuff? Um, it's been funny cause I think like every job I've actually approached how to do it differently. Mm-hmm. I think every single script character that I've played, I've done slightly differently. Right. Um, but with Brandon, um, I think he was, he felt more like a work in progress because, um, the pilot he was I think um, shown in a certain light he was very wholesome younger um, uh, golden boy esque Mm -hmm. and uh, when we came back to do the show and we started having much more complex arcs in in each character some of that went away some of that was upped some of that was helped um, and because of that, with the writers, I feel like it was a constant um, evolution. And so because the character was evolving, my, my method would evolve with that, I think. Mm-hmm. Not to get so actory about it, but, you know, it, it is Please really... <laughs> it really is that, though. You know, it's, it's kind of like you, um, you... There's some sort of weird subconscious thing that happens when you read the script and, and you start understanding who this who this kid should be. Yeah. Um, and so I don't know it, it, I think with Foster's it was, it was like always a work in progress. It mm-hmm. wasn't until a couple seasons in where I felt like I was thinking less because I could, I could somehow understand what, what they were doing with him. Mm. But at first I would say the first two seasons I was constantly figuring out who he was. And he was also very similar to me, which was like a first so the parallels between David and Brandon were kind of a trip for me. And, mm-hmm. you know, I had a point with the show where I had to sort of figure out um, how to differentiate that and, and make that a stark contrast in my mind. Mm-hmm. Because I didn't want it just, I don't find it fun to just come on set and play me. Yeah. You know, so what? where are the differences? Where do those lie? How can I promote those? How can I 
constantly show those. And then for me as as the performer, the actor, how can I feel the differences? How can I feel like I'm becoming Brandon as opposed to just David saying lines, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, So I guess that's like, that was sort of my main goal with Brandon was to make him feel like his own thing. Mm. Um, And, uh, you know, I, I, I feel like on set even I was mildly different than how I am offset because there is still that subconscious kind of weird method thing that happens where you're just in a different, slightly different mindset. He's slightly different. He's slightly younger than I am. So it was also kind of a lot of um, reminiscing on mm-hmm. a couple of years ago kind of thing. And um, how sure you are in high school with certain aspects. And, and then you hit your 20s and you kind of second guess everything. <laughs> like <laughs> doubt sets in and <laughs> like you, you, what you what you thought you were you are but there's also so much more that you haven't explored and Mm -hmm. so then kind of trimming that back as Brandon because he doesn't know that yet you know so it's like simplifying simplifying your mind a little bit and then on top of that you get the material so then that you you don't have to worry about what the trials and tribulations are someone else will come up with that stuff Mm -hmm. so all you have to do is just stay in like a neutral setting of okay I'm in high school and these are the things that matter to me and and this this will hurt if this happens and I'm impulsive in this way mm-hmm. because I don't understand these things and I'm selfish in this way and and uh it's yeah, on and on it goes. It was kind of like a cool nostalgic mm. kind of revisit mm-hmm. of a of a of me from a couple of years ago. Yeah. You know? Do you like the pace of T V? I do. I think I guess that's another um learning learning lesson for me between uh, the movie that I'd done lifeguard before and mm-hmm. then fosters, which was very, had a pace, like it had a rhythm, you know? Yeah. Um, the indie was, was, you know, we would lounge around. Most of it took place at this pool house and this pool was a summer movie. It was hot out. We would lounge around and talk about a scene and the director also wrote it. So she was very kind of just, Whatever, you know, we don't even have to do this scene today. You know, we, 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 we can do we can do this scene if we want, if we want, if we don't, if we're not comfortable with this, let's just move on. We'll come back to this scene once we figure it out. We can even meet later at the hotel and, and talk about this stuff if mm. we want. And so it was sort of and I was even younger. So I was like, oh, this is great. Like, <laughs> we won't worry about this then. You know, like, I'm, I don't I don't get this. And she doesn't know how to explain it. So we'll just shelf it and come back to it but in tv it's like you have a set amount of time to figure out how to make this work as smoothly as possible for everyone mm-hmm. and usually that's within the realm of 15 to 25 minutes <laughs> and so it's like, so i think that idea alone was was quite jarring at first because you know i remember in season one we were all well i mean at least from my perspective i felt very um character driven mm-hmm. and I that was the only thing that mattered and and as you go along you 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 can start comfortably zooming out of that and and thinking about other departments and working with them and the writing and what the show is about and um arcs not only within episodes but within scenes yeah and so once once you get to that place of technicality you can kind of merge it with the um actory stuff mm-hmm. and make it feel natural yeah you know but 
I didn't know how to I didn't know how to merge that at first. You know, that was something another thing that Foster's taught me is how to merge the mechanicalness mm-hmm. of certain aspects of of the scenes, what what have you, with the blocking and whatever it may be, and trying trying your best to find the best route that makes that make you're checking off the most things on the list. Yeah. Whatever that may be, that is your job. Yeah. You know, it's it's finding that that choice that um, makes everyone happy. Yeah. You know, and I think that's um that's a really important thing to learn. And I think because of that you learn more about writing scripts and because of that you learn more about directing and mm-hmm. and then in by doing so you actually learn more about acting. Yeah. So it was kind of this trifecta thing that happens. Yeah. Um so yeah. <laughs> is there anyone that you uh that you would like to work with in the future any mm. <laughs> i mean i feel like there's so many people but um i don't know i mean um i like oscar isaac a lot mm-hmm. he's he's sort of a newer guy that i've been paying attention to and i, I really enjoy how he works um I like the intensity of like someone like Tom Hardy. Mm-hmm. So he'd be kind of a trip to work with in his own way. Um, Killian Murphy, I really enjoy. Um, I mean, the list goes on and on. Really, there's so many. There's so many people. I, I think it goes back to what I said earlier about just um, your method. It just I would love to work with people who are really intense. I think that'd be kind of crazy, mm-hmm. you know, because I've I've been lucky enough to work with really fun people that keep it light on set and are able to switch it on and off. But I think it'd be kind of fun to be on a set with people who like don't do that. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like actors who are very serious about it and want to meet and have crazy conversations of hypotheticals of, about the characters and mm-hmm. and what that may mean. Um, that's, I think, something that I've done less of. Mm-hmm. So I think that'd be like the next thing um, that would that would interest me, and I would I would immediately again feel green, and I think that's a place that I like to be, because it's boring if you feel like you know what you're doing. Yeah, you know, it's always so much more exciting if you feel like <laughs> you're barely hanging on. So if I can always stay in that mode, I think I think it's a smarter way to go. Mm-hmm. You know. Well, David, thank you very much for for coming down. Thank you. Thank you, Jamie. Yeah, it was a pleasure. That's it for the show. We'll be back in two weeks. You can find us online at whoiampodcast.com and contact us by email at whoiam at gmail.com or by phone at 818-308-4066. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, there is a submissions form on the site. We're also on iTunes where you can leave a rating if you feel inclined. Thank you for listening. I'm your host, Jamie Gamble, and this was This Is Who I Am.